What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grind Line Podcast. I am your host, Greg. You're listening to episode 226. Wow. I am here. Yeah, wow. I am here tonight with Ryan. Uh, Tyler's grocery sh- Tyler's grocery shopping. What do you think you want? Do you need eggs? That fucker eats more eggs, I swear, than anyone known to mankind. Does he eat them raw? Does he just like shoot a cup full of raw eggs? <laughs> Snorts them. Yeah. Oh, God. Would you drown? Would you drown the, it? Get the whites out, laid out in lines and just snorts the egg whites. I swear. Tyler is the worst time management ever. Like we tell him, like, Tyler, it, we record, generally record Monday nights at like 8.15. Great time to record. And Tyler is either 20 minutes late or gets stuck doing something completely unknown and doesn't make it. So uh, Tyler is bad at time management. That's the lesson of today, just because it's been really, really not fun. But how are you, Ryan? I'm not too bad. I was just telling you beforehand, it's been a long uh, few days. Chelsea's grandmother, unfortunately, passed away. 93 years old. She lived a fantastic life. She's been battling just illness and other things uh, the last past year. Uh, She unfortunately passed away, not this past Saturday, but the week before that. Um, so this past week, we had fa- a lot of family from her side coming into town and everyone got together and, uh, it was nice. It was rough, but nice. And that was made last week long that I was out of town for softball. So it's been a tiring week for a lack of better words. Well, condolences, but at 93, you're just battling being old. Yeah. That's what it is like. Like she you're was, fighting. She a was clock still feisty as ever up until right before. So. That's how it goes for a lot of them. They just like they they'll die on their own terms. They die on their own terms, man. They're not going to let anything take them out. Uh, But we do have a show tonight. There is some uh, controversy at the world's after my uh, my post last week about it. My quick hits episode since everyone abandoned me. Uh, I had a 15 minute episode. Good reason. If you haven't listened to it, you can go back. Uh, It was four games through, and now I think we're six games through. So it's a little outdated, but there's still some good information in there. Uh, We have a Kyle Dubas firing. We've got some word uh, from Brendan Shanahan. RFAs that are up for maybe offer sheet. So we're going to take a look at a few of those and see what we think. But I want to start with the Joe Valeno controversy at the Worlds. Joe Valeno has been suspended five games, which is, I think, the rest of the tournament for. Is it really a controversy or just stupidity? Maybe. It, OK, so well, I don't think there's controversy. The right no. There are people that do think it's a controversy. Uh, not a huge amount of people because it's clear what happened deserved an expansion. An expansion? What the fuck what? is an expansion? A suspension. <laughs> deserved a suspension. Joe Valeno stomped on the leg of Swiss captain Nino Niederreiter, which I have in my notes it, how I spelled Niederreiter, N-E-D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R, not how you fucking spell it at all, but it got the point across. Yep, uh, you said it right, so. Yeah, well, I know how to you say know. it. Five-game suspension, uh, that well deserved. Is that like the you standard can't. length of suspension for that type of no, thing? No, I thought it would be much longer. They've suspended people for like 20 games of international play before. But it, crazy dangerous move. You can't go stomping on a dude's leg with a knife foot. Like, what like, is wrong it was, with you? And there was no hiding what happened either. Was it called immediately? Uh, no, he didn't get a penalty. Uh, Nito Niederreiter got a penalty for responding to it. His retaliation when he retaliation, tried to keep yeah. living shit out of him. Yeah, there was no penalty to Joe Valeno on the play. But 
I mean, it's just something you can't do. And there are people that are trying to explain it away. And the only situation I could see is maybe Joe Valeno was trying to force his foot in between Nino Niederreiter's foot and the board to play the puck. Sure. Only thing you could, I could even see maybe that. remotely say. But again, I don't think I've ever seen someone stomp with that much force to try to force their foot between a skate and the board. Like it was like a horse back kick the way that he wound up on that thing or that high up on the leg because he got him like on the shin, like right in the middle of the shin is where he ended up stomping. So Joe Valeno gets five games for that. that It was pretty high. Yeah, it was high. I'm watching it in slow motion right now. I had to watch the clip a couple times just to figure out what happened. Wasn't expecting noise. Yeah, it was like midway up the shin. Uh, I mean, if he was going for the boards, I mean, his net. It's hard to tell by the angle. You can argue that that was what he was trying, but man, that was because the way the follow through he does go through to the boards. So I can see where the tinfoil hat would be for that one. And I I can't fault you for thinking one way or the other. But regardless, like if he would have come through from the front, maybe trying to hit his foot out of the way, anything but the way that he ended up committing to it. It's you can't be surprised that he got suspended for that. Well, what a lot of people are saying is they're like, well, Joe Valeno, he's known to be like a a pretty upstanding dude, like level headed guy, passion for the game, really like, uh, I mean, jovial and and nice and follows the rules and whatever you want to say about him. But Joe Valeno has been suspended in international play before in uh, 2019. He was suspended as a 19 year old for one game for headbutting a Russian player. Uh, in a six to nothing loss. So Canada did end up losing that game to Switzerland as well. So, I mean, maybe just in the international play, he he doesn't care. He just lets his temper get the best of him and, and lashes out. But I mean, it's something you, you absolutely can't do, because like I said, you're stepping on a dude with a knife foot and it's you're going to hurt someone. Granted, they do have shin pads, but we've seen what happens when you catch a guy in the wrong area. Yeah, I mean, where he stomped, like your borderline he almost caught the ankle like above the skate right there where where the skate and the shin pad come together like that could have been bad because you look at it right now and I'm sorry I'm like watching this as I'm trying to talk but you've got a stick from someone it might have been a can- Canada player Niederreiter's skate is pushing the stick up against the puck nothing's moving so his intent there and again this is where I can see where people are going with this angle is trying to get the skate off the stick to try to move the puck. But the way that he did it was just stupid. Yeah, you can slide your foot in there or kick your, you don't have to stomp. You can kick your foot in there and try and get away. I'll, I'll allow the kicking of someone else's foot. That's fine. It's the yeah. stomping. Like you could easily end someone's career that way. Very oh, it could have been really bad. I'm sure there was a good gash in the pad there too. Sure. I would, I would like to see it. I mean, I would have went on social media right after the game and put a picture up just like, not cool, man. Or Please, hold up the media, that. let them put it out there. Yeah, Nino even said the same thing. He's like, you just can't do that. Like, that is no. not something that you do. And you know better. You've been playing professional hockey for a long time. You played juniors for a long time. You know how sharp those skates are. Your temper can't get to you like that. And that's what I'm going to assume it was, is it was temper. Because I, I can't see a rational explanation for doing that, especially since you know what the repercussions of doing something like that is, even if it's I meant to put my skate between the skate and the board, you can't you can't play it off like that because you're going to get suspended for it. 
especially international, they are far more, if you do something stupid, you're getting suspended or severe penalties for it. NHL yep. to be like, hey, don't do that. You'll get a fine, what have you. But and, and the, you get I, the George Paros wheel of justice. Yeah, on the NHL side, I IIHF though, they they will suspend you for coughing the wrong way. Bottom line, they don't fuck around. Joe Valeno out five games. So yep. we're gonna move on. And actually, before we move on to it, do you think that affects his contract with Detroit at all? Because he's got a contract thing? coming up. No. I don't think that he was going to get anything too crazy, but I don't know. No, I had said on the last episode uh, that I think he gets a Rasmussen style contract, bumps him a little over a million dollars for a few years. See if he if he kind of expands on what his game is, because he's become a steady like fourth line forward, like fourth line center. I don't think he will be. I don't think he should make more than Raz's current contract if he came in at one four. So he'd be no, six, I like, would give him the same less. thing. Go the exact same. Yeah, Maybe give him the same contract. Make him earn it. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't, I don't see any reason. That. It's cheap and it's controllable. And if you need to move him, you can move him. And it's under two million. So, yeah. So we're going to move on. Kyle Dubas got fired. Ha ha. I suck it, <laughs> Kyle Dubas. What are they doing? I I think they ask themselves that same question like every single day. I, like, of, of all the people to me that didn't deserve to be fired out of that situation. It was him. I mean, he's pretty bad at cat management. Okay, sure. I We can shit on the, the GMs that are dead in the cap right now all day because it hasn't gone up. No fault of their own per se, but you can we, we can point that finger at Bettman. But he still has built a top-tier roster. Matt Murray? But you look at what they've been able to do point wise the last several years. Yeah, he's two, that's huge. 221, 109, and 42 as a GM of that team. Pretty good. To me, you have to look at who's controlling those guys, not him. The fact that Keith wasn't the first one to be chopped says more about what the hell they're doing than anything else. Because I get it. He was a pretty guy out of the AHL. He jumped right in and kind of turned him around a bit, if you will. But if that's where you're going to make head start rolling, it's either you don't do it this season and see what happens going into after the, the, the upcoming year, or Keith was your guy that's out out right now, not Dubas. I don't, I don't understand it. Because now you're going to bring in a brand-new GM. You could end up still getting a brand-new coach out of this. You don't know how they're going to handle the big four, quote-unquote, and it's, I think, that just caused more unnecessary chaos, which I love. Let's not get this mixed up here. I love it seeing Toronto in utter fucking chaos. But why would you fire him? And now he's already getting rumored. You got Pittsburgh already asking to talk to him. Like, what? Yeah, that's one of the rumors that he's now linked to the Penguins, which, I mean, it'd be interesting what you see happening there because does he try to, if he goes there, does he try to extend the Penguins window? Or is he the one to tear it down and rebuild the Penguins? Yeah, tear it down. And, but I wonder how much manage, upper management and ownership says we don't want to do that. Because it's, it's, a, it's, a shitty, it's, it's a shitty process. We know from experience it's a shitty process to tear down and rebuild. It sucks. And I'm, I'm not sure they want to do that. But Kyle Dubas, like, I think part of it, too, is Sheldon Keefe is Kyle Dubas' boy. Like, that's why yep. he was there. So I don't think... And in any world, was Kyle Dubas going to fire him? 
And the report was, and I mean, it's just a report that someone put out, is that Dubis, like, his agent phoned Shanahan and is like, I want a raise. And then Shanny went out and fired him. So How much did he have left? I think this was his last year and he was up for a contract. It's it's a weird situation. And then Chris Johnson, he's a writer for TSN, reported that Brendan Shanahan phoned each one of the Leafs' top players to share the news about Kyle Dubas and that those players came away from those conversations under the belief that Shanahan's intentions are to bring the entire core four back. Okay. And all of that, if you bring back that entire core now, depending on what GM you're going to hire, he might have his own plans. You're going to have to give the GM control of that team. But I mean, I can't see running back that same team and, and just saying, okay, well now we're going to try and win after you literally made it out of the, first round which you hadn't done in in forever and then you almost got swept in the second there's no nope. way there's no way you run that back and not to mention they're at currently so thank you cap friendly for already being in off season mode they've got 14 guys under contract and already 73 and a half million dollars in a cap hit the projected salary cap is 83.5 million. They've only got 9.9 million to sign roughly seven to nine more players to make this roster whole again. And I'm not even sure if that's including the guys that they have on LTIR. No, it's not. So you got to think that now who's going to come off LTIR? Is Jake Muzzin going to come off Jake LTIR? Muzzin, is he ever going to play again? Huh? Is he ever going to play again, Jake Muzzin? Probably not. Oh. No, and it's only one year that they have to worry about with it. And the other one's Nick Robertson. Yeah, but if you look, Matt, Matt Murray's got another season at $4.6 million. They got you've got to sign. Yeah, sure. You've got to sign Eric Gustafson if you want to keep him. He's 31. Justin Holes, 31. Luke Shen, 33. You traded for these guys. Like, are you going to try and resign Ryan O'Reilly? He's 32. Mm-hmm. Like, Nolachari, he's 31. Zach Aston Reese, they might let go. Michael Bunting's almost assuredly gone. David Kampf is probably gone. Do they sign Kerfoot? They let, or do they let him walk? And if you're letting all these guys walk, are you just going to fill the bottom with scrubs? And then you've got an even worse team. Like, what are you doing? If you're gonna, If you're going to go tell, hey, Matthews, Tavares, Marner, and Nylander, your jobs are all 100% safe. 100%. Morgan Riley, you can't trade. He's got a no move clause and he's signed through the end of eternity. 20, mm-hmm. 29, 2030. He's got a no move clause in July 1st, 20 of 2028 is when he's got that 10 team no trade list. And you know, the easiest way of getting rid of players, giving picks away with them. So you can say, hey, we'll trade you Matt Murray in a second round pick if you just eat his contract for nothing. We'll for a seventh. The Leafs ain't got picks. In the first four rounds this year, they have Boston's first rounder this year. And that's it. They don't have their own first rounder. They don't have their second rounder, third rounder, or fourth rounder. They have three picks in this draft. They don't have their second or their own third in next draft. So, like, they've they made all these trades and they traded away all these picks and they jammed up their cap space because they they thought they were going to win. And they have bad thoughts because that never happens, guys. It never happens. And I just I guess I don't know if they're saying all you four are coming back, where they go from here, because 
I mean, unless you, unless you're lying, unless you're saying, hey, we tried. And the other rumor that was out there was that Austin Matthews probably wasn't going to sign by July 1st if they kept Dubas. I guess I just don't understand, like, Shanahan, if I was Shanahan, I'd quit. Like, no, we want the we want, we want the internal sabotage to continue. I guess, but I mean, it just seems like such a mess out there that they need to do like a tear down, not a full tear down, but like, even, yeah, you don't keep two really guys. Need, I mean, think about what you could get, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if you want to supplement your roster further, if you were to trade away a Mitch Marner, not saying they're going to do that. But you can get two very good roster players as a fill-in in a trade if a team is willing to do or a, t- if, a very good roster player and a top-tier prospect. I'll tell you, if I'm a team, I'm not doing Toronto any favors. No. Nope. No. Unless it's for... I mean, I, I would go for Marner and Elander all day but or Matthews, but you're not... the, the What it's going to cost is going to be ridiculous. I guess I just don't understand, like, if I'm a GM and I get hired in, I'm saying, guys, I'm trading two of these guys. Two of them are going to go. And we're going to get players back for them that are probably good. And we're going to get prospects that are probably almost NHL ready to go. And we're going to get a couple high picks for these players. And we're going to balance this fucking roster because it is an abomination. Once you get to the middle six, what is happening? Because all your guy, like your top line, if you've got Marner, Tavares, Matthews, uh, and then you've got Nylander on your second line just tearing it up, but then your next best player is what? Callie Yarncroc, Michael Bunting, Alex Kerfoot, Ryan O'Reilly, but Ryan O'Reilly's gone. Kerfoot's probably gone. Mm-hmm. you got Matthew Nyes, who has a concussion. So I, I, I guess he'll they be don't... Good. He'll be probably good long-term. Oh, yeah, he'll be but good long-term. At, at what level? Like If he's your middle six, you're not, you're not in a bad spot there. Exactly. So that's that's the mess in Leafs land. I guess it's just to me, I thought everyone was going to get fired. I thought Shanahan was going to get fired. I thought thought Dubas was was going to get fired. I thought all three of them were going to go. Keith, Dubas, Shanahan, rebuild it again. Just everyone hire from the top to the bottom and let it go. But it just looks like it probably just going to be Dubas. And then when the GM comes in, Keith could get fired because the GMs sometimes want to bring in their own guys. Mm hmm. So it'll be interesting, I guess, to see what happens there. But it's just right now, it just seems like a big headache that if I was Shanahan, I would have walked away. What's funny, too, when you look at what's going on in terms of the GMs, everyone that's been like, quote unquote, linked, which is really just the speculation that's coming from the media at this point, is all former GMs that have all pretty much ran teams into the ground, but had like one or two good years like Shirelli. Wasn't Shirelli mentioned yeah. Shirley was mentioned as a replacement. Like all the names that were mentioned as a replacement were terrible. Drager on that's hockey named some experienced candidates that the Leafs may be looking at. Treliving, Ray Shiro, Peter Shirelli, and Mark Bergevin. Also named Scott Mellenby, as he doesn't have a GM experience, but has been knocking on the door for a position for some time. Just imagine. Imagine the absolute fire that would happen in Toronto if I Shirelli. Want Shirelli. Is I want it so top. bad. I more than life itself. Please give me Shirelli to Toronto and just destroys the entire organization. It'd be the like best for a thing guy ever. to get ran out of town and several different organizations to then go to the most focused organization in all of hockey of the media. Oh give it, man, give me that friggin' chaos. 
And then just watch him go ahead and uh, make the disastrous move of hiring Joel Quenville as the uh, as the coach. I wouldn't doubt it. And that's just that's another thing that Gary Bettman's like, we need to distract because the other thing that we haven't mentioned yet is Arizona um, just oh falls God. further into the abyss. That is the what Coyotes. is going on? Like, how is this even? Go ahead. They, they don't want them like they don't want them there and they vote no. And then they're saying, well, it's all politics. I mean, it well, was, say what it was. Say what actually was voted no on. So uh, Tempe had on up for vote whether they would approve this entertainment district and the Public citizens, funded. the citizens of Tempe said, no, we don't want to put our tax money toward an entertainment district for a, uh, a hockey team that sucks and their owners suck and their owners don't care about fielding a good team. And we don't want it here. We, just, we don't want it. We don't want to pay for this. And. Gary Bettman, first for a while, Salt Lake City was <laughs> floated around as a replacement. And now I, Gary, a good one. I don't know. But Gary Bettman is saying that basically it's it, we're not done. We're not done with Arizona. We're going to try to find another location. But like hey, no one wants you, Gary. Like this is PSA. Welcome to my TED talk, Gary Bettman. No one in Arizona wants to watch your shitty <laughs> team play hockey. Go it's, to it's he- a little frustrating because that was when Shane Dunn was there. It was it was just Shane Doan. It was just Shane Doan. They gave Detroit for several years a run for their money, and it was a good little I don't want to call it a rivalry, but it was a good matchup. And it was always a good physical game with them out there. I don't know. I mean, would I hate another Dallas team or would I hate another Texas team? Yes. Put them in Houston. I bet you they pack the arena. They have an instant rivalry with Dallas. I mean, sure. Salt Lake, Salt Lake City, City, I didn't realize, was so in the middle of nothing. Yeah, yeah. you'd have to call them the Storm and Mormons. That's what they would be. The <laughs> Salt Lake City Storm and Mormons. Uh, it was that or the Salt Lake City Pastrami Burgers, because they're apparently known for uh, what's called a pastrami burger. It is like a double cheeseburger, but they put shaved pastrami on top, which fucking sounds amazing. On, on top of the burger? On top of the burger, like as this. well as the is, burger. What's, what dressing is there? Is it ketchup? Is it like a Thousand Island? What do they put on it? You call what you put on top of a burger dressing? Well, no, I was thinking pastrami like so con- dressing rather than whatever. Uh, I don't Same know, thing. but they look phenomenal. Like it is something I would eat. Like I tell them to send me three. Hold on. Now I got to look this up. Pastrami but burger. I don't. Yeah, pastrami burger. But I don't think that like I don't. I think that Houston probably is a more viable market than Salt Lake City. If that'd be if I'm being honest. So it's it's just a huge giant mess out there. And that's oh, my God. Again, so we go from one mess in Toronto to a mess in Arizona. And you say, what's Trump happening? Burgers a mess and it looks fantastic. I know. Right. Looks like a heart attack. But that's wow. I mean, it normally tastes really good. Ryan's just Ryan's enamored with this pastrami burger. <laughs> <laughs> the look on he got really if you're not watching on YouTube, he leaned in real close to the screen to get a really good look at this pastrami at they, burger. They built this thing out. This one's a, a pound of ground beef, half pound of pastrami sliced. See? Four slices of Swiss cheese, some glo- clove garlic minced, optional, salt, freshly ground black pepper. Throw some, some bacon on that. Oh. Ooh, they did, a, they did a Thousand Island or a, a Russian-type dressing. Half cup mayo, quarter cup ketchup. 
a teaspoon of horseradish and a half teaspoon of onion powder. Ooh. See, now we're going to have to go to make a trip to Salt Lake City to get us started with pastrami. Fuck that. I'm going to make it. This is a good. You know what? Good place to take a break. We're going to take a break <laughs> for a minute. We'll be back after a word from our sponsors to talk about RFAs and possible offer sheets. We'll be right back in just a minute. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. You can always take the underdog, so like the Florida Panthers and the Seattle Kraken, to win tonight to make some bonus money. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Let's face it, with coffee starting at $5, yes, even without any customizations, and our bank account somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on brand name. So a good duplicate or dupe is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on, Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is a premium audio that is perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options. Right now, you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee, offer two years of product protection insurance just for a few bucks, and free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. With features such as customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, and awareness mode, you cannot go wrong with Raycon earbuds. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. And we're back. And I think Hello. Ryan has finished his macaroni and cheese. Ryan, are you done? Uh, I still like have half a bowl. What on. one is that? Uh, it's the fancy one again. Is it the I Gouda? I, ooh, I think she at here. Ooh, I think she mixed Gouda and Italian. How much macaroni and cheese are you eating? Well, it's <laughs> called leftovers, Greg. Okay. I can't do leftover mac and cheese. The cheese gets weird. With this one, you can. It like remelts? Yes. It doesn't oh. like get weird. It's that Velveeta style cheese. That's why. Okay. It's not your sense. typical craft where you reheat it and it's like you're eating rubber. Yeah, with that, you've got to put butter in it when you reheat mm-hmm. it, and then it turns out real good. But enough about macaroni and cheese, because now I'm going to be Broker really brand. hungry. Broker brand. Yeah, I'm not. I'm going to be really hungry now, but uh, we're going to talk about RFAs. So offer sheets be damned. People love, I love them. I love offer sheets. It's hilarious. It makes for good social media. Uh, teams get pissed off at each other. You burn bridges. It's fantastic. And it's worked out great for freaking Carolina. So 11 years ago, Steve Eiserman is on record saying he hates offer sheets. Uh, he said he hates offer sheets because is generally it? you have to. Yep. 11 years ago, he says okay. you have to overpay players in order to get them on an offer sheet, basically. But now 
with COVID and with a cap crunch. I don't think that's necessarily true anymore. There are now teams that can't afford their players, so you don't have to overpay them. You just have to basically pay them their going rate as long as the other team can't match. So it's a numbers game at this point. So Sportsnet put out an article. I was like, "Eh, I wonder who the RFAs are. And Sportsnet does have an article that says NHL's top 12 RFAs of 2023. So this is by Luke Fox. Thank you, Luke Fox, who has an awesome Twitter handle. Luke Fox Jukebox is his Twitter handle. It is amazing, (laughs) and I love it. Uh, His top RFA is Pierre-Luc Dubois. I say zero chance. I say zero chance, though. I think Zero chance that he makes it or... What? That he accepts an offer sheet from anywhere other than the Montreal Canadiens. Fair. Because that is, he is Canadian, French Canadian. He wants to go to Montreal. Yeah. That's I mean, what he, he wants. He wasn't thrilled, I think, when he got drafted by Columbus. And rightfully so, they traded him away to Winnipeg. And it's been rumored. Actually, I don't even know if it's not really a rumor. I think it's a known fact that he hasn't been happy in Winnipeg. No, it even says here that Kevin Sheveldayoff must find the best deal possible this summer. And if a long-term extension cannot be reached quickly, Dubois himself has been diplomatic but non-committal. Quote, if I think of anything else than finishing first in the West and winning the Stanley Cup, it'd be a disservice to my teammates, the coaching staff, and everybody. So that's not saying I want to sign. That's saying I'm focused on hockey. They're saying that a a long-term deal for Dubois should get an AAV in the 9 million range. So I think that's kind of high, but really, I I just I can't see him going to anywhere but but Montreal. And I think Chevaldeoff's smart move would be trade him to the Canadians. Nine million and he's his highest point total is 63 this past year. Yeah, he's big and he hits people, though. I mean, he is a good two way guy. I'll give him that. Center, 24 years old. Maybe he's starting to hit that stride, but I mean. I just think he's playing. He's he's not 100 percent happy where he's been playing. So put him where he wants to play and watch him. Pop I mean, he, still, up. he still put up 61 points in Columbus one year. I mean, the, the right. next year he had 48, 61, 49 in Columbus. Then he was hurt. And COVID year with Winnipeg, he put up 20 and 41 and then 60 last season, 63 this season. I mean, he stayed pretty consistently healthy as well. So nine million, though. Yeah, I don't I don't see it happening. But again, I just trade them to the Canadians. That's what I would do. Uh, the next couple on the list, Timo mm. Meyer and Jesper brought over in uh, New Jersey. New Jersey has a shit ton of cap space. They should yeah. have zero issues. Yeah, they have more cap space than us. Uh, they should oh, have wow. zero issues signing both of those players to long term. Thirty four million with 12 guys under contract going into yep. next season. Yeah, Timo Meyer. The problem with Timo Meyer is that his qualifying offers ten million dollars. So you've basically got to give him that. Uh, that's what, four first rounders to get. If you if you offer sheet him. Uh, yeah, I think that's four first rounders or three first rounders. I have to go back to the, the calculator. Let's see if I want 10 million. That's a lot of zeros for seven years to Detroit. Uh, that is, yeah, four first round picks. Pass. The first round pick start at 10.5 million per season to infinity. If you give them infinity dollars, it's four first round picks. That's maximum comp. So I I, know. I mean, it's too much. It's too much money for the qualifying offer. Now, could you trade for his signing rights? 
you could. You yeah, could trade yeah. for his signing rights, but that's, I mean, that just says, hey, that gets you into contract negotiations, which they can do that. They don't yeah, have to. But you got to think that if they're going to make that type of trade, they're still looking for similar compensation to an offer sheet. Yeah. And but you don't have to give him that ten million dollars. Like that's the qualifying offer. They can say, "Hey, dude, you know you're not a ten million dollar player. Here's mm-hmm. here's our best offer for you." And same thing with Jesper Bratt. They can do the same thing. They can say, "Hey, now Jesper Bratt's salary this season was two point seven five, and they've got the money to bring him back." And if you're if you build around Jesper Bratt, Jack Hughes, and uh, Timo Meyer on the front end, I think you're fine. They're good in New Jersey and you just you fill your team in. And I don't think there's any issue signing both those guys. Now, the next one, though, is where I think we get interesting. And that is Cole Caulfield in Montreal. So Cole Caulfield this season. And if I can bring up stats, maybe. Yep, I can. Cole Caulfield in 46 games played this season has 26 goals, 10 assists for 36 points. He only played half season because he was hurt. Uh, he's five foot seven, 174 pounds. So we know Cole. He's only five short. seven. Five foot seven. Yeah, he's short. But the dude can score. And we saw yeah. what happened. Are you St. Louis? St. Louis went in there and he just he turned on the Jets and, and he started scoring in 36 points in 46 games. It's good for your second full second full air quote season in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Montreal goes into the offseason with about eight point four nine million. Now, that's not counting carry prices LTIR, but they have uh 20 guys under contract they are a bad hockey team like bad like they need to make some changes to get good unless they want to run it back and go for the draft again which to me doesn't make much sense the only guys they have coming up in 2024-25 are guys like Edmondson uh Justin Barron Chris Weidman Rem Pitlick and Mike Hoffman. So Mike Hoffman will be 34. This season, they've got Dennis Guryanov and Michael Pizzetta, who are RFAs. They've got uh, Alex Belzile, Jonathan Druin, and Chris Tierney, who are UFAs. Cole Caulfield should probably get a contract in the $7.5 million range. I think that'd be fair. I would offer... Now, if you offer sheet him five years, $7.5 million, compensation's a first, a second, and a third. That I think I'm okay with. We've got several second round picks. We've got a third round pick. Cole Caulfield is 22 years old. So it's not like you're offer sheeting a 25 year old. You're offer sheeting a 22 year old. And he's a proven goal scorer. He gets points. The dude has it's next year's first round pick because we're talking post draft, correct? I believe you can offer sheet post draft because the draft is at the end of June and free agency opens up on the 1st of July. So if that's the case, absolutely. I don't see reason not to. Now, I get a lot maybe you could argue depends on what Detroit ends up picking with that number nine pick. Yeah. But at the same time, we know this is a team that needs goal scorers and playmakers. More so the goal scoring front. This is a guy that can put the puck in the net pretty much regardless of the situation. And it's a guy that I was hoping Detroit could have somehow landed when he was in his draft year, but it didn't work out that way, whatever. So to bring in a a player like this, and again, my comparable is like a Marty St. Louis, I don't think you're in a bad spot. And if it was a first, second, and a third, that's a guy that I would not be upset 
losing that compensation for in a, in a way. Yeah, it, I I think they would match. That's the thing because Probably. they've got they've got the LTIR and they've already lost overage. one of their top picks to an offer sheet. You can't yeah. think they're going to let that happen again. They're like, oh god, they're just every free agency. They're just shaking in a corner because they're like, we could get offer sheeted again. It's mm-hmm. going to happen again. But they would they could dig into the carry price LTIR. But that's the thing is like, how are they going to improve their team to not be a basement team unless they don't care about being a basement team again? I mean, Slavkovsky's got another season at nine point or uh, nine hundred fifty thousand because he's on a entry level contract. Yep. Arvizhekaj got another eight hundred or one year left on eight hundred and twenty eight thousand dollars. No, Slavkovsky's got two more years at his entry level. Yeah, one year past next season. I'm looking at Sorry. like next season because they're gotcha. uh, yep. cap friendlies on off season mode. So I think they'd match it, but I think you'd really piss them off because you'd yeah. force. He'd say, "Well, Detroit's going to give me five years, seven and a half million. And at that point, do they say, "Would we rather have the cap space to go sign a couple guys, or do we want to hold on to Cole Caulfield for five more years, at least?" So that's an interesting one that I found there. That I'm like, well, and they're maybe. a team not hurting with draft picks either. So if they were to stock up on something like that, in a way, you're helping them long term. Yeah, because going into next season, uh, this draft, they've got two firsts, a second, a nope. third, three fourths, two fifths. So they've got draft picks next season. They have their own first and they have uh, Colorado's second. So, yeah, you're right. They're not hurting with draft picks, but yeah, it's not a, it's not a Toronto situation where you're like, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the next one on the list was Alex Debrinket. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. offer sheeting Debrinket. If you do anything, you trade for him. Uh, the offer sheet is, I don't think, his qualifying offers $9 million, Alex Debrinket's. So uh, he's already said that he doesn't want to be there, basically. That he, huh? <laughs> please trade me. So I think he'd be trading for Alex Debrinket. I don't even think it's worth including him on this list. Next, Troy Terry. Now that's the, where it gets weird. Troy Terry... Mm-hmm. And uh, Trevor Zegris are on this list. My problem with that is Anaheim also has a shit ton of cap space. Yeah, they're going into the offseason with thirty nine million dollars. And I would consider Troy Terry and Trevor Zegris as part of your core. Now, Troy Terry is twenty five, which kind of caught me off guard. I thought he was a little younger Mm -hmm. and Zegris is twenty two. So you could still build around guys that are twenty five. And I don't really see any reason (laughs) not to at that point. Yeah. I don't see any reason not to extend them. Terry's going to bring in, in some good money, probably 61 points in 70 games, 23 of those goals. Like he's, he's going to have a decent payday for being yeah. a goal scorer. So I wouldn't even put them on this list because to me, that doesn't make sense. This one is interesting, but again, I kind of lean away from the teams that I know have space to sign people. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, uh, Vince Dunn. Vince mm-hmm. Dunn right now is making four million. Uh, Vince Dunn is a good hockey player, like a really good hockey player. And I'm not sure. So maybe. Yeah. And maybe he maybe he goes. You look at Seattle and going into next season. Yeah. Going into next season, they've got 20 million in cap space. I don't think there's any reason they don't sign Vince Dunn. And they need to sign. They've got 14 guys under contract currently. So, I mean, Vince Dunn to me seems like, I mean, hey, you're looking at a guy who's 26 years old, so he's. Your youngest, uh, your second youngest behind Kale Flurry, your second youngest tied with Will Borgen as a defenseman. Mm-hmm. And you got to figure 
Carson Susie, maybe he walks. I mean, you don't you don't got a lot you've got to work with. I mean, Morgan Geeky's an ARB eligible RFA. Daniel Sprong is an ARB. Daniel Sprong is an arbitration eligible RFA. And when you hear Daniel Sprong, you're like, isn't Daniel Sprong like 32? No, he's 26. That's nope, like, he's just kind of floated his way through. Yeah, your only like UFA that you're going to resign is Ryan Donato. So I don't see any reason Vince Dunn doesn't get resigned by. Man, by he Seattle really Dragon. went off. I mean, it looked like he was on that route with on the COVID year with St. Louis. He had 20 and 43. But last year with Seattle, he had 35 and 73. And this year, 64 points in 81 games. Huge. Yeah, I like the point they make here is that uh, Francis chose Dunn over game breaker Vladimir Tarasenko in the expansion draft. They said it's time for Dunn to become the highest paid defenseman in Seattle. So I think that'll absolutely happen. It's just, yeah, it's a matter of time. Would you do Susie though? If he went, if he goes, if he walks? <sighs> I don't He's know. Lefty, I mean, right, he, he, that's a thing. He's years old. T- He'll be 29 in July. Keep Jordan Osterley. At that point, I mean, he's going to be your seventh D. Lindstrom's likely gone. Lindstrom's gone. Hague's gone. Yeah. Osterley, potentially. Pissick, I mean, you got to think that his injuries kind of put him out, out of the conversation. Okay. So you, that's four guys. So you got Sherat, Wallman, Mata, Cider. Four. Yeah, but I'd go for Damon Severson before I went for Carson Soucy. I'm just saying, but if you had the option to go for both... Because we know Edvinson's out, but you got to expect that Johansson's going to be fighting for a spot, if not already getting the spot. Edvinson is out through camp. He's not out, out. I get that. But you still need NHL talent on the roster. I don't know. Maybe William Wallander comes in and blows the doors down. You can see Wallander or Albert Johansson. You got to think that one of those two guys got to be chomping at the bit to take that Edvinson lost spot. And Which you could is argue fine. that Johansson would have been the guy that was called up first if he wasn't hurt. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'm not I'm not excited to go throw but money at Carson Soucy. A solid defenseman back there. Yeah. Next on the list, Evan Bouchard. I had kind of put this out there. I could offer Evan Bouchard. Evan Bouchard plays little defense, but he's good offensively. But he's only 23 Bouchard when he was available in the draft and Holland didn't pick him. Anyone in their right mind was picking Philip Zadina at that spot. So let's not. I wasn't mad about Zadina, but I still want to Bouchard them. Bouchard, it says Bouchard says it's a little bit of opportunity for me. Hopefully I can take it and run with it, getting more uh, ice time on that Oilers team. And like I said, I mean, if you're looking at a right D who's not going to provide much defense, kind of like a Philip Ronick replacement, but he's younger. And And arguably more skilled sure and he's a higher ceiling than a philip peronic but what are you going to offer him so that's the problem is that if you look at the cap right now when you look at edmonton edmonton's got 5.97 million mm-hmm. available and they have how many contracts do they have right now they've got 17 of 23 on the roster so they need to sign a few guys with that 5.9 million uh, Bouchard is up, so he is an RFA this season. Uh, they cannot wait another season to sign him. They do have all. <laughs> what's funny too is like all their LTIR is gone. Mike Smith drops off. Oscar Kleffbaum drops off. Ryan Murray drops off this season. So they're going to have to make some trades if they want to keep Evan Bouchard, unless they bridge him and they say, "Hey, take a take a two year 
$4.5 million deal or something, because right now I believe he's still on his entry level. So that's a big yep. jump. Yeah, that's a big jump. I mean, if you try to offer him anything more than that, I mean, if you say, hey, we'll offer you five by six. Maybe, but I don't think anything, anything other than that, it's going to be worth worth the picks, because if you offer him a five by six, it's a first round pick and a third round pick. And then that kind of hand, I mean, at that point, you're one, you're handcuffing your BFF and Ken Holland over there. And two, yeah. they've got to run back that same roster again, which they might not have a problem with. I mean, honestly, ten, if, if you got a top 20 pick that you're giving up a first rounder for that you feel, and I, I think that he could be definitely worth that, if that's what you're giving up for, meaning you're giving up a first round pick for him, I, I can't be too against that. But it's, I don't know. I mean, you could you could say that his he had 17 points in 12 playoff games this year. The year before that, he had nine and 16. Then you look at his regular season, you're like, where was that? So we kind of I went back and forth with someone on this. I think you could strap skates on uh, Jonathan Erickson tomorrow and pop him on the ice with Connor McDavid and he'd have 40 points just simply because he's feeding Connor McDavid. Yeah. So that's, but I mean, I wonder what the McDavid bump is. 17 points in 12 games, but in the regular season, you had 40 and 82. Yeah, it's half a point a game, basically. But still, I mean, I mean it's it, it feeding McDavid. Do you get, did he get more special teams time? That's the thing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's the, I wonder, I just wonder how much the He's McDavid. He's a righty as well, which was yeah, why I kind of. Which is the only what, reason that I considered it. But yeah. I don't just don't know what the effect of the McDavid bump is. So I left him off of my offer sheet list. I, he it's it's worth consideration. But in the end, I'd probably say no. Uh, I want to look do at two, a little bit more than what Ben Sherratt's making. Would you you'd have to get rid of Ben Sherratt? <laughs> like, you're going to replace the money there, but I'm not going to overpay and then say, yeah. hey, like now we've got Ben Sherrod as an anchor and we're paying another defenseman the same amount. So Ilya Samsonov is what I want to look at. There's two goalies that I want to look at. So Ilya Samsonov, I had that I would offer him three years, 4.5 million. Look at Toronto's cap space right now and tell me what they're going to do. And we said if they're going to keep those core four together and they've got that handcuffed Matt Murray contract. Can you can Toronto fork up the money, the 4.5. They've got 9.9 million going into the offseason, apparently, with 14 of 23 on the roster. Guys, like we had mentioned, that are UFAs like Nolachari, Zach Aston Reese, Michael Bunting, David Camp, Alex Alex Kerfoot, Ryan O'Reilly, Wayne Simmons, who's not coming back, Eric Gustafson, Justin Hole, Luke Shen. If I go offer Ilya Samsonov a, a... three-year, $4.5 million contract. That's a first rounder and a third rounder you're giving up. And I think your goaltending team... Four point what? 4.5 million, three years. Now, Ilya Samsonov, regular season stats, uh, 42 games played, 2.33 goals against with a 919 save percentage. And that was with a arguably, I the beholder, I guess, but not a great defensive team. No. Now you want the juicier pick? Jeremy Swayman, Ooh. three years, $5 million. Same compensation, first and a third. Boston goes into the offseason with $6 million in cap space and 14 contracts. Thought. 
or not a crazy thought, crazy fact. He's only 24 years old. Things Jimmy I did Smith? not realize. Yeah. He won't be 25 until November after the next season starts. Yeah. And Boston has 14 contracts right now out of 23 with $6 million. Notable uh, free agents, Patrice Bergeron, Tyler Bertuzzi, Nick Foligno, Garnet Hathaway, David Krejci, Thomas Nosek, Cliff, Connor Clifton, and Dmitry Orlov. So either Boston tries to run it back, minus Swayman, and Swayman was really good this season. Swayman in 37 games had a 2-2-7 goals against and a 9-2-0 save percentage. He's young. He's 24. And... If you went into the season with Swayman, arguably in Huso splitting time, give him 50-50 net starts. Mm-hmm. And eventually you trade Huso or Huso goes out. Uh, Kosa comes in as Swayman's backup. That's like the perfect age to pick up another goal. He's at like 24, which is why I was looking at like Carter Hart's around the same age. Yep. But if you had to give up a first and a third for Swayman, and you got him for three years, five million. I mean, that solves your goaltender issue. 100%. Now we try to sign him for four to five. Which is, yeah, I mean, you're looking at if you go up to five years on an offer sheet, uh, it doesn't screw with numbers or compensation or anything. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could say five years, five million, five years, six million, whatever. Mm-hmm. You've got the cap space to do it. That's the thing is we've got so much cap space where you're not even at the floor. So I think that's the the juicier one for me is is go offer sheet Jeremy Swayman. Fuck you, Boston. We took your first round pick next season and we offer sheeted your goalie. Yeah, but then like, we give him one back. That's fine. Uh, we'll give him ours. We, we would have basically swapped picks next season and threw in a third. For Jeremy for, Swayman. For Jeremy Swayman. I'd be good with that. I, I would be absolutely good with that. And I think they might be good with that, too, because in 2024, they don't have their first. They don't have their second. They don't have a third. We've got it now. So if we give them a first, first and a third should jump to 25. But possibly that's a long shot. Yeah. But if you look at it, they would get a first round pick and they would get a third round pick in 2024. They don't have three picks in the in, they don't have a pick in the first three rounds. So okay. if you look and say, hey, is Patrice Bergeron retiring? Is David Krejci retiring? Then you got to start looking at, hey, we're going to start needing some draft picks. Like we've got pasta. Brad Marchand's 35. Which is how much, crazy to me. How much gas in the tank? He's got two years left at 6.125 million. How much gas in the tank does Brad Marchand have? I think he'll be good. He, he's like, I mean, he's obviously better than a David Perron, arguably, but I shouldn't say, even say arguably. Like he, but two years. He just at got 35, what, double hip? Double hip surgery? He just turned 35 in May, so okay. he'll be 37 by the time he's done. I mean... But you got to think about the future. Like, who's your replacement in two years for Brad Marchand? Who's your replacement? Jake DeBrusque. Are you going to sign Jake DeBrusque after next season, after he went back and forth with the trade me thing, and then he's fine? Uh, he's gone. Are you keeping Taylor Hall? He's 31. He's got two seasons left. I think Taylor Hall has to be a guy that you think about trading. So... Astronac, I... It still blows my mind that he actually went through signing that contract with all the uncertainty going on. But I mean, you got to do what you got to do. That's a team that's got a lot to think about. And are they going to fall off a cliff? No. Are they going to happen this year? Hmm. 
now I see maybe next year the sl- a slow decline. They're not going to repeat this season. They're unless they bring back the entire roster. They're I'm, not going to repeat this season. They can't bring back the entire. I roster. mean, for it's the impossible. most part, they're in a good spot defensively. It's how where's the goal is going to come from, and are, are they going to fully rely on a top six like much like Toronto, or are they going to have to make a move like a trading off of a Taylor Hall? or a Charlie Coyle because he's got an extra year on there. Like, do they make that move to try to supplement? But even trading a Taylor Hall, do you trade Taylor Hall to re-sign Tyler Bertuzzi? Like, that's the thing is you look and like, Bert's a a UFA. He really helped them in the playoffs. He was a big playoff guy for them. Right. Nick Foligno, he was, I mean, Nick Foligno's 35, so not that big of a deal. Garnet Hathaway, he's a lot of grit for that team. They're one that I think is, is in... They weren't in trouble this season. Next we season, thought like, they were only because of injuries, though. This offseason, they have a lot, a lot to deal with. And I think if you go off or Swayman at like a $5 million contract, it, it would be something they would really, really have to think about. Because their LT, they don't have any players on LTIR. Zero. Mm-hmm. And they've got one more year of Mike Riley buyout. I, I guess I'm not sure where they go, but I think that's one that has a chance of working simply because of the capital they get back, knowing what's going to be leaving. They're going yeah. to get picks back, knowing that they're going to have to replace guys and they're going to have to start rebuilding at some point. And I think if they do the quicker, they do it, the better. So Jeremy Swayman would be my pick for a goalie offer sheet. That'd be a good one. I'd, I'd be good with that. Last time I list for offer sheets is Alexi Lafreniere, 21 years old. I think that New York has really screwed up his development. Um, This season in 81 games, he had 16 goals, 23 assists for 39 points. In the playoffs, he had zero points in seven games. Zero. In 27 playoff games, he has nine points. I just, I feel like he's the ultimate fresh start candidate. He's a left wing uh, the Rangers have 11 million into the offseason with notable free agents uh, Patrick Kane, Vladimir Tarasenko, um, Tyler Mott, uh, Keandre Miller's an RFA, uh, Nico mm. Mikola's a UFA. Would you uh, go after him? Uh, Miller? Keandre Miller, he's a good player. I think I might. I'm trying to think of who you'd have a better chance getting. Who do they have more faith in right now, Alexi Lafreniere or Keandre Miller? Miller. If, if, if your answer is anything but Miller that in that situation, you're crazy. OK, so you have a better chance of getting Lafreniere on an offer sheet then. Fair. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they've got Yarrow Halak, who's a UFA as well. He's 38 years old. You got to think Halak is really retired. close to retiring. Do they want to keep? I don't see why they would trade for Patrick Kane and then not sign him for like three more years. You got to think or expect that he's going to take a hell of a pay cut. Sure, but I don't think he's going to take under, say, $5 million. Probably. $6 million. What was he making, 10 Yeah, 10 and a so half. So maybe he says, give me eight. That's a $2 million pay cut. Vladimir Tarasenko. Tarasenko's 31. You've got to think they're going to try and sign Tarasenko. Given the injury history and everything, you still got to think they're going to sign him. So those are two guys that are going to command... Those two players alone will take up your $11 million. But what do you value more? You're going to try and win. And right now, Lafreniere is not helping you win now. He could help you win in the future. But if you're trying to win now, you made these moves to win now. You went out and you got Kane to win now. You went out and you got Tarasenko to win now. It's hard for me because you look at Tarasenko 
He'll be 32 in December. Kane will be 35 in November. Mm-hmm. When you look at year over year, though, Vladdy has not been healthy. Over no, the last absolutely five years. not. Nope. Kane, let's check, take a quick look there. I was trying to pull up the, the player comparison finder on hockey reference and it wasn't where I couldn't find it. But Patrick Kane, however, not much better, but still, oh no, he's actually, he's, he's other than 2020, the COVID season, he's played at least 70 games a year going back to 2014 15. So do you go for the guy that's managed to stay healthy for a longer period of time, but three years older? Or the playmaker that's a couple of years younger that you could probably get a little bit more out of and maybe and likely pay less. I, I would say a Robbie Fabry situation. Yeah. But if they're like, I would say though, that like I said, if they're trying to win now, if they're trying to win now, I get a couple more years out of Patrick Kane and I get a few more years out of Tarasenko. Okay. So the comp, what, what the comp is, if I offered five years to Lafreniere for $4 million a season, which I think is that's fair. That's a second round pick, Ryan. One for a, a former number one. One second round pick for a former first overall. I'd do it. I in you, these are ones that I think if I'm New York, I've got to consider it because you've got Panarin, who's there until 2026, 27. Who you're trying to win with? You've got Mika, who's extended again through eternity. They've got 2029, lockdown. Trocheck is locked down until 2829. Adam Fox is locked down until 2829. They've got three more years of Truba. Mm-hmm. You've got your core guys. And Lindgren's a guy you're going to have to figure out. You didn't deserve Alexi Lafreniere in the first place because no. you basically made the playoffs that year and then won the lottery. So I guess it's that is one where I think that would that would make the Rangers really think. They'd really have to think on it. Would yeah. you do it though? Would you give them the five years, four million dollars? Yes. And the only reason is he's 21 years old. We have seen flashes of what can happen. Now, it's tricky in a way, in the sense that you could say that he's been sheltered, but you could also say that Gallant and his history basically kept him from being what he could be. But now you move him to Detroit with a smaller market, arguably, just because of the size of the city and media and what have you. But you give him more of an opportunity to come in and make an impact on a young and upcoming team. You're losing several big time stars because Detroit doesn't have a Panarin, a Zabenajed, or a Kreider. But now he can come in to make his name and make himself like that. You're if free you in a month. Five, yeah. And if you did it for four to five years at a decent contract, you're taking him through, I'm assuming, to UFA, correct, with that one? Uh, I think if you sign Lafreniere for four, uh, for five years. It would, he, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep, you're walking him to our so, UFA. And by that steps. point, you have to make the hope and assumption that Detroit's a playoff cap, like a contending team by then oh in five years if we're not there's a big problem so now you've got a guy that hopefully is the one contributing to that and he'll be 26 years old yep that's prime window and you hope he develops into a top six left wing and 
I it's it's a good situation, I think, for both teams because and he's not small. He's six one, one ninety-three. Like I just think that Gerard Gallant hates children. I think that's the one that if he sees a child on the street, I think he walks up to them and kicks them. I think that's what happens because he I think he destroyed Capocacos come on a little bit more, but he killed those kids, I think. And mm-hmm. I I think moving Lafreniere would be a, a good change of scenery. It's I think similar to what might happen if Zadina moved to another team, like just got yeah. a fresh start in it a different situation. Kind of needs to happen, basically, like a reboot. So that would be my uh, that that's my list. That's my list of RFAs that I think are worth taking a look at for offer sheets. Some more uh, likely than others. I think Swayman would be a really likely one to happen. I think Lafreniere is probably the second most likely one to happen. Samsonov and Caulfield are two kind of long shots. I also want to give a shout out before we we sign off tonight to Brian Fisher over on Locked on Red Wings, who just one of the I was was mowing the lawn listening to Locked on Red Wings. And he's going through the assistant coach names. He's like Bob Bugner, brother Bob Bugner, and along with video coach uh, LJ Scarpache. And I'm like, oh, man, (laughs) I'm like, Brian. That is the most Italian way you could have said that man whose last name is pronounced Scarpace. I, I appreciate the fact that you did the hand motion with yeah. it where you turned it over and did them. It's it's LJ Scarpace. That's his name. I said it's like Scarface if he it's was a so mild, much more fun to say Scarpace. If he was a mild salsa, if Scarface was a mild salsa, it'd be Scarpace. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm all for making it as Italian as possible. I will go full Italian when I say LJ Scarpace. And he's great with Robbie Fabri. And Joe Valeno, that's <laughs> they all go together very nicely. Oh, yeah. um, but I just wanted to bring that up because I thought it was really funny. I let, he made uh, Brian made me laugh while mowing my lawn. So I thank him. Uh, but Ryan, I want to get your final thoughts before we sign off. I uh, know. Final thoughts are go watch playoff hockey because it's been utter chaos and fantastic. So if you haven't been watching it, you're missing out. And I highly encourage you to do so like I'm about to as soon as we sign off. But other than that. Uh, we are officially in the off season, and we have what? We, we, are we a month away officially yet from the draft? Couple the twenty eighth is the draft, so I just I will be I will be down at LCA for the draft. Ryan, will you be down at LCA with me for the draft on the twenty eighth? I should be around because that's leading right into the Fourth of July holiday. So there's no reason why I shouldn't be there. Ryan will be accompanying me to LCA where we give away stickers and stuff, and we drink Yay. beer, have fun, and have. Random reactions to players we know absolutely nothing about because it's Steve Eiserman and he doesn't pick people who we think he's going to pick. So. One of these days we're going to have uh, Tony here so we can look at him and be like, what was this? Was it who good? Is, who is this man, Tony? Please tell us more. Uh, are you are you, you going to sign off, Ryan? And, oh, yeah, I already Twitter? ran uh, You can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You follow Brian. Grind, Jesus Christ, we're the Brian Line podcast Wow, now. Brian? Ooh. <laughs> oh, Lord. You can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. Go over to our YouTube channel, please, and click the subscribe button. Turn on the notifications. You'll get notified whenever our episodes go live to watch our pretty faces. I might turn on that new thing. I used it for the last one. Uh, NVIDIA dashboard. It's called NVIDIA Broadcaster. Uh, yeah. It has a thing that you can turn on that no matter where you're looking, it oh, makes your eyes go to the camera. And I used it. It's kind of creepy. It's good for solo videos. It'd be really weird, I think, for group videos. Um, But it's good for solo videos because it makes it look 
look like this, like you're paying attention and you're staring directly at the camera, which is really <laughs> creepy. But I, when I'm talking to you guys, I have to look at you guys to be able to actually focus. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So uh, I'd like to give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on Twitter for hosting us and spreading our podcast around. We also like to give a shout out to Vintage Detroit, where you should get all your Detroit jerseys from and worked on. If you use a promo code GRINDLINE at Howie's Hockey Tape, you get 10% off your order. If you use that same promo code at Bring Hockey Back, you get 12% off your order. And you can check out our merch at RedBubble.com by searching the GRINDLINE. Um, but that is going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.